Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing and reviewing The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. But first, uh, before we get to that, we'll do our introductions. Hello, I'm Emily. You can find me on TikTok at Stardust M and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M. My pronouns are she, her. And my brain worm of the week is uh, Rogue One re-release being a thing and me not being able to see it because every theater was 150 miles away that was showing it from me. That was one of the most foul jokes that I think the universe has played um, in in history. That's a a hate crime against you specifically. I was Mm -hmm. like, what? like star wars deity did i <laughs> it's people, dave it's dave and john they heard you and john are, oh they're so mad because people <laughs> in the comments were like oh the closest one was like an hour away i was like no i would have driven an hour for this it was like four hour drive for me and i just couldn't <laughs> yeah yeah that's a bit much <laughs> even just, for just rogue one <laughs> i figured uh can't really justify a drive that's longer than the movie itself that's, that's fair. about the, the trade-off there yeah. <laughs> uh Hayden absolutely so hello everyone my name is Hayden I use she her pronouns uh my brainworm of the week I have two so the first one is just Death Star IG-88B or no C and um the Shrekification, no, the Dengarification of Shrek. So let me explain. So I am currently reading a book called Tales of the Bounty Hunters. It's a legends book. Um, it's basically like an, an anthology of just what the five, the five like main bridge bounty hunters were doing um, right before and right after the um, the events of Empire Strikes Back. So the Death Star... IG-88C Death Star is um, basically IG-88 clones himself and then decides to take over a facility to facilitate a droid revolution. Uh, And he has four copies of himself. There's A, B, C, and D. Uh, A is the main one. B is the one we see in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, C is... um, C and D are both together, and they both get blown up by Boba Fett. Uh, I lied. 88B is the one we see um, yeah, in Empire Strikes Back. And, he gets, and if you see in the background of Empire Strikes Back, um, in the Ugnaught scene, you see like an IG-88 head. That's supposed to be IG-88B. And then IG-88A is like the masterminds of the whole shebang. And he basically takes over the computer core of the Death Star and like uploads his consciousness to the computer and becomes the second Death Star. So at the end of the story, it's basically like him about to get blown up by the rebels, which is very funny. Now, the Shrek, the Dengarification of Shrek came about as I was reading the Dengar story of Tales of the Bounty Hunters, which Dengar in Legends, I can't take him seriously. He, there's like this passage about how like swift and strong he is. And it's, it. I literally had to stop reading the book because it made me laugh so much he also refers himself to he also refers to himself in the third person which is Ew. It, 
Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> and then the Dengarfication of Shrek is basically the plot of this short story. Spoilers for Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Payback, The Tale of Dengar, if you really care. Um, <laughs> basically, Manaru, who was recanonized in Bounty Hunters, I think 14 is when I, yeah, I went on her Wikipedia. It's Bounty Hunters 14. Um, basically, Manaru is about to become this, like, warlord's lover. And Dengar has to kill the warlord. And apparently he has to save Manaru from the warlord, which is basically like the plot of Shrek. So Shrek technically plagiarized the Dengar story in Tales of the Bounty Hunters. And that is my brainworm of the week for this week. Um, Liv, why don't you introduce yourself? You okay. didn't see your social medias. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, well, my social medias are, in fact, TikTok is taika.ytd. And then Instagram and Twitter are MCUITD. So now, Liv, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> Before I introduce myself, I just want to say, Manru, I'm going to get you out of there. I'm, I'm going to get, get you, out, you out, of out of there. You are, too, have... you are too sexy for mm-hmm. Dengar. He if I have... does not deserve you. No, if I have to read a Dengar and Manru makeout session, I'm literally putting the book down and not picking it up. But anyways, yeah, you're continue. so valid for that. Anyways, um, <laughs> hi, I'm Liv. Um, you can find me on social media at Olivia Madala everywhere. I use she, her pronouns. And my um, brainworm of the week is Han Solo. Specifically, Han Solo saying sweetheart. Because I rewatched so true. Solo last night and I rewatched Empire Strikes Back today. So, good lord. No thoughts. <laughs> I, that man. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of love for that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only man at this point in my life. So true. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so what happened this week? I have a struggle account now. Yes. Yeah. As of today. Yep. Hours before the recording of this. Not even hours, plural, like hour. Yeah. (laughs) And I've already made a submission. Yeah. We will probably get many, many, many more. Oh yeah. There's actually one tweet that I made. Well, I'm 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 in a group chat that's been active since like 2018. So it's been almost five years. Like we've known each other, like we've been in the trenches together. There's one tweet of a grilled cheese I made that is literally like charcoal. It is a burned grilled cheese that is like cheese that badly i have no idea but there's another one a companion of a quesadilla that is literally like it's like a solid rock of just burned tortilla i have i have a picture of the grilled cheese i don't have a picture of the quesadilla i'll have to look for one but that is one of the many struggles that my friends will be submitting to the struggle to go (laughs) honestly i don't right now there has been a submission since we started there has yeah, okay. I'm. I'm telling you right now. I have no idea why there wasn't a struggle account sooner. I needed one promptly the second I joined Star Wars Twitter because I struggle a lot. You do. <laughs> As we've said before multiple times, I'm I'm permanently in the trenches of Mimbon. It's true. So it's true. Very true. Okay. Um. So with that, we'll get into kind of 
the main part of the episode, which is The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. Uh, so does anyone want to start with kind of their overall thoughts on the book? Maybe give a little ranking or rating, top three. not ranking. It's top I guess three. ranking. Yeah. yeah. Top three top five. easily. Mm-hmm. I think it's still top five for me. It's just hard to break up the the Midnight Horizon Rebel Rising Rogue One Rogue One novelization trilogy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> However, easily top five. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to I I've said this before I don't like ranking things just because I jump around a lot but I'm pretty sure either this or Shadow of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars book I think this might actually now that I think about it like Shadow of the Sith was more interconnected to other media than um than other books I've read and like I liked the characters but the princess and the scoundrel has like my top three favorite character of all time plus even more connections to other media so I'm pretty sure this might be my my favorite Star Wars book plus it's set after my another one of my top three favorite movies Return of the Jedi which is just another cherry on top this is such a book for the three of us we're like we don't like fan service unless the fan that's being serviced is (laughs) us us. (laughs) so true like it's good fan service it's good fan service it's fan service that makes sense yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. but it's just funny because like it really is like it was there was moments in this book where I was like oh this feels like it was put in like specifically for one no of yeah us. yeah I, I I thought that multiple times about the both of you <laughs> yeah like yeah. there was the one bit about the Wobani um the Wobani system and the Stardust mentioned like that was mm-hmm. for you specifically Emily <laughs> they or, mentioned like, Weera <laughs> The yeah yeah the the way that leia like kind of quoted Jin. literally yeah. Point, <laughs> um, um, yeah literally for you literally <laughs> this novel was for us it was for kessel run relay it was it was yeah. delicious chef's yeah. kiss mwah, all delicious the above meal. so true I, oh i i don't know if people don't like han and leia if you read this book, you'll like Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. really probably the most perfect thing that could have been done for their relationship. Absolutely. It's, it's so wonderful. And I think perfect in like establishing how how they are both like how their relationship comes to be in like even like the sequels, but like how wonderful they are together and like I think even specifically because I know people have a lot of issues with Han in the relationship like how wonderful Han is for Leia and like how yes. he is kind of everything that she needs mm-hmm. I chef's kiss that's that's all I can say I will also say that the dual narrating in this book um the the fact that they have both points of view and it's not just from one person's point of view is like masterful and I really don't know how I would feel about this book if it was just from one person's point of view Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it it was a great executive choice to have the two points of view not opposing but showing the two different sides of balance yeah Mm -hmm. um favorite moment of the book oh lord I think the wedding the wedding for me absolutely live 
Listen. Listen. Oh, I I don't going to be a surprise for anyone because this was my literal fucking Joker moment. Yeah. I need you to picture this. I am. I'm reading this at like 11 p.m. at night in a shitty hotel um, near the Detroit airport. I get to chapter 51 and I read the words. Let me let me just pull it up for you. In the dark, Leia said, I met Kira. I think I blacked out. (laughs) I blacked out. Because, like, I have spoken about how much I love Star Wars 18 before. That is my, like, favorite comic ever. So the fact that it was, like, a direct reference and they went into detail. I know. About what happened in that comic. I was losing my shit. Yeah. In I a like hotel room at 11 p.m. At night. <laughs> like initially, I just even couldn't get over how they actually referenced Kira. Like they no, actually yeah. like said like multiple that was, like, times, three times, her. It was three times. <laughs> and like I was still blown away by that. I was like, oh my god, we're actually yeah. getting like recognition of this like important relationship. Yeah, because and like- then we just. Listen, before I was like, that's the one thing that I want from this book. I just want one Kira mention. And a couple people have told me like, why would he bring her up on his honeymoon? That doesn't make any sense. That's a kind of a mood killer. I'm like, you know what? Shut up. It's going to happen because they have to talk about it at some point. And they did. And they did. And it does not make it better that we reread Star Wars 18 for our War of the Bounty Hunters binge. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, yeah, it was a lot for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that was my favorite moment of the entire book. I I can imagine so. Aha! Uh, uh-huh. Literally over moment. Uh, I think my favorite like it's so small, but I think my favorite moment was when Han says she's perfectly capable on her own, but. He just wanted to make sure she didn't know, she knew she didn't have to be. Yeah. I, I just love that. I feel like that's such a perfect encapsulation of like, like Han completely understands Leia is capable of doing everything that she needs to do on her own. But like, he wants to be there to help carry the burden. He wants to support her. And like, it's just so sweet and like to have him like recognize like oh I she doesn't need me however I I want her to know that she has me like yeah yeah. they understand each other so well yeah (laughs) I will be honest Han and Leia were not like one of my favorite relationships in Star Wars but after this book they've they've jumped up there like i Unless maybe in like Lost Stars, but we really don't get a lot of like interpersonal like thoughts about relationships, especially like major relationships like this one. They're just like kind of there and we're like, oh, okay, they're there. But now that we get to see like the inner workings of the relationship and how they relate to each other, it's just Beth Revis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew this was going to be good just based on how she wrote Hater and Jin in uh uh rebel rising Rising. (laughs) um so to have her be able to have like a whole book just about a relationship and really know into the romance Mm. i was i'm so happy that they had her write this yeah 
And I, I, I generally don't know anyone else who would have been able to do this. Yeah, I was initially, honestly, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I wonder, like, I was initially kind of surprised that Claudia Gray wouldn't write it because she had written Bloodline and Leia Princess of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it's because she's been um, writing so much High Republic High Republic, stuff. yeah. And I think that Beth Revis was ultimately the correct choice. Like, yeah. she agreed just so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I just chef's kiss that that's all I can say about this book is that it was so good we we know how illiterate I am um I read 130 pages of this book in the first day I actually read 136 which it took me like three four days to read 100 pages of shadow of the sith which is insane so to read all of this in one day not in one sitting but like in one like calendar day 136 pages is yeah (laughs) I would say that's that's a W. Plus, it actually kickstarted my literacy kick again, and I'm now <laughs> reading a book of my own volition. So wow. that 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 has something to say for itself. I also wanted to say that I am also quite illiterate. One would argue more illiterate than Hayden, but I just don't so talk true. about it. Um, <laughs> I, I finished this in just over 24 hours, I think. Wow! I started it. Tuesday when I got home from work which was like nine o'clock I want to say and then I finished it like just after midnight on technically Thursday so I I went hard for this book because I couldn't stop so next we'll go into kind of just the characters that were in this book clearly the the biggest two were Han and Leia Mm-hmm. Um, it's also I put them separately in the notes but it's kind of hard to talk about them separately yeah <laughs> uh, based on just like you know what this book is so let's talk about them we all know me legends Hayden is is prevalent she does not like women <laughs> however <laughs> this book elevated my love of Leia very 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 much and I think it's also because I haven't read either of the Leia books before. I haven't read Bloodline or Princess of Alderaan. But this book made me appreciate Leia a lot more. Like, we knew she gave everything she had to the Rebel Alliance. But to see her kind of step back and, like, take a moment for herself and think about what what she wants for herself and what she's really giving over to the Alliance, that, yeah, I, she, she slayed. She did slay. God. Yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting to see her grapple with her um, identity in this book too. And like her, mm. her relationship with Vader and even oh, at some point, but God. like all, all the Vader stuff was just stop. So heart wrenching. It hurt. <laughs> it physically hurt me. I'm just so happy that like, she was allowed to be so unapologetically angry at Mm. Vader because I think this is my hot take but I think sometimes people in the fandom kind of are like don't really talk about enough how much like Leia truly had despised him because of what he did to her and I appreciated that this book was so upfront in it like he tortured me he he you know uh he chopped off my brother's hand he blew up my planet like I don't have to forgive him and and mm-hmm. she doesn't and she should <laughs> in my opinion yeah. like if Luke no, wants she to should not him, 
that's fine. But also Luke knew a very different Vader than Leia knew. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciated, you know, we see this in Bloodline a little, but to see like the actual moment of her telling Han and Han being like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he never has kind of any doubt that like she is good and she, it doesn't matter who she's related to because she's her and like (laughs) that's all that really matters to him um and I think like that's so wonderful then when you tie it into bloodlines and like his like steadfast like oh I knew I just didn't care Mm -hmm. and like and how that's exactly what she means in that moment like it's just somebody Mm -hmm. who is willing to be like okay and and yeah (laughs) (laughs) I I love them in this book just man oh and then the one part going back to what you said about um her being unapologetically angry is the i think it's when she actually finds vader's like burial pyre and mm-hmm. she she there's literally a line like that's like she lets the rage fl- flow through her and she allows herself to be angry like all of the moments about Vader in this book, because I think they do go into this in Bloodline, but other things, we we really don't see her grappling with her relationship with Vader at all. And we obviously focus mostly on Luz because that was in the movies. But it this this book, even as little as it was mentioned, it really gives us insight into just like her obviously her relationship with him but like what he did to her and its lasting effects on her relationships and on her relationships with people her job and her figure in the alliance and then and then the galaxy which mm-hmm. hats off to Beth, yeah, Beth Rebus man oh yeah and like on the flip side of that I really appreciate how much Bale and Brea were acknowledged <sighs> Oh my like, god. I mean it was heartbreaking, but like from saying like, oh Vader's just ash here, but like Bale is is stardust. Bale is stardust. And then at the wedding when she the sword? feels her mom putting oh her sword god. on and she feels no. her father like giving I, her a kiss and like I sound hysterically. Yeah, me too. That was that was actually the picture I sent of me of me crying to you that was that that part yep. 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 That, that was too much Beth Reeves, that was you you are my enemy for that <laughs> yeah Truly. I cannot handle that <laughs> any yeah no but any mention of Bale and Brea I was crying like immediately <laughs> it was bad <laughs> like and, oh. and then on top of that this like constant acknowledgement that like Han has like oh she just wants to help these people because she lost her planet and she like doesn't want to see it happen to others and like this complete understanding that he has of like her and her motivations because she he's been there since she lost her planet and like I know in bloodlines uh she mentions that like Han was such a big like support for her and Luke after the whole thing like after a new hope like basically he stuck around and was like there for them when they didn't really have anyone else to be there for them Uh (laughs) we're so totally normal (laughs) 
there's a moment in the Han comic, the Han Solo title from 20, is it 2015 or 2016? 2016. When, 2016? Um, when Han comes back from this mission. So he basically goes on like a mission for the rebellion, but it's not really the rebellion because he's not like outwardly, outwardly associated with them yet. And he's back from the mission and he's talking to Leia on uh, Terrace alone. And they're like sniping back and forth. And then they both like, let it let the argument dissipate they both stare out at the um at the stars and then you can see i think the last panel is like their fingers slowly moving to like touch each other's which yeah (laughs) yeah and it just goes back to what you were saying is that how he was always there for them and he was always a support system for them which i need to read the han comic again good god (laughs) yeah Best you, you did so well. <laughs> <laughs> this book was a lot. Like, it was a lot. lot. I love Han Solo so much. Right? <laughs> and that book just. It was so a lot. <laughs> One of the standout Han moments to me was when that guy was talking about kidnapping her. Oh my god. Like, oh, like we can fucking. <laughs> you want to try, bitch? Yeah. Like, that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. But also, like, it's so interesting because then he has all this, like, resentment about, like, he's talking about helping the Empire. And it's really interesting to see him process that of, like, well, you know, like, I get it. Every Like, I, I've done stuff for a paycheck, but I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And, like, and even having, like, I thought it was so interesting having then the Lasat there. Yeah. As, like, this, mm-hmm. as this balance of, like, he's talking openly about helping the empire with a general in the rebellion and a Lassat whose entire home world has been destroyed by them and just not realizing like Mm -hmm. what he helped yeah Mm -hmm. fuck that guy and then it's actually (laughs) funny when he mentions like losing the award to urso when you know that like galen (laughs) galen did know what he was doing and like specifically tried to right the wrong that he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I that entire um the Sabak scene, that was such a good scene. Like you could yeah. see, you could feel the anger simmering underneath Han's like visage and the the shell he puts out, but Oh. I wonder what your favorite part of that scene was, Hayden. Oh, <laughs> we can all we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> Page 126. Where is it? Where is it? 23. Okay. Okay. Um, I should pack it up while I'm ahead. Kellad, Kel- Kel- Kelad said sadly. I really shouldn't have gambled at all. Not with my luck. But hey, you look like the sort of person who knows bounty hunters how to arrange that. As a matter of fact, I do know some bounty hunters, Han allowed. Tell me that's not a balance reference. Now I will grant that it could be a very tongue-in-cheek like ha-ha moment about him literally being hunted by half the bounty hunters guild like a year ago but tell me the way he worded it tell me that's not a balance reference it's a balance reference like (laughs) and with all the comics references in this book literally like flashing back to war of the bounty hunters tell me that's not a balance reference I am correct, and I will die on this hill. I need Beth Rebus to confirm it explicitly that it was a balance reference. And it's very funny that it's in, like, you know, the Han and Leia romance book, but anyways, that's just me being delusional. 
<laughs> so but anyway, the, it was a very good scene. And I actually, we learned how to play Sabak the way the Halcyon uh, passengers do when we were in Disney, loitering at the Grand Floridian for like, like four hours. hours. Shout out to Ben. <laughs> Shout out to Ben. <laughs> but yeah, that, those 11 words, I literally was incapacitated for an hour. I, I could not read any further. I, I actually, granted, I did read further and then I went back and I was like, wait, hold on a fucking second. And then I read it and I was like, oh my God. And wait I was texting, a minute. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I was texting Nova about it because they were reading it, but they, they, what someone in our group chat wasn't okay with getting spoiled. So I DM'd them and I was like, Nova, read this fucking passage. I sent it to them. They read it. Tell me this is not a fucking balance reference. And we literally sent back like, like, seven or eight different voice memos just like going insane over it um the <laughs> i am very i'm very well <laughs> and then also i joked about how um the princess in the scoundrel actually wasn't a han and leia romance book it was my published han valance fan fiction and valance was the princess so this was a very vindicating moment for me <laughs> But anyways, I think this is a good segue into talking about Han in this book. <laughs> Han was um a a little bit horny. A little bit? Little. Just a little. A lot Just a little bit. A, no, definitely a lot. Like also Jesus both Christ, like Han. the amount of times that he was describing her outfits, not Leia describing yeah. what she was doing yeah. on, but Han was like, here's exactly what Leia is wearing tonight. And I'm like, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> Han throughout this book is just like Your Honor, she's slaying. <laughs> she's slaying. He is like the biggest male wife. Not as much as Dathan, but he was a fucking male wife in this book. This a male wife big. and a half. He's just like, I'll do whatever Leia needs. <laughs> Yeah, quite frankly, I'll go along with her. Big, he but- asked for no pickles vibes, you know? <laughs> My favorite was when they were um, basically stripping down to, like, jump into <laughs> the water. And he he was like, you know, you should probably take off that huge cape. It's not going to fit un- into the whatever, like, apparatus they had to wear. And then he was like... He didn't mind that her jumpsuit was skin tight. I'm like, Han, jeez. <laughs> when you're actively trying to figure out if Imperials are here, let's dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. Save it for the bedroom. You're in public right now. Speaking of the bedroom, there's that one scene when Leia is like out on the ship and Han is just like in the, um, he's in the room and there's, there's the, he's talking to the droid and he's like, he did, he preferred not to wear any clothes or something like that. Like, God damn, Han. No, because he's like, a little what bit. can I do? And the droid is giving him all these options. He's like, what can I do that doesn't involve me putting on pants? Yeah. He is just like me for just real. Just like us for real. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah. These these motherfuckers were horny as hell in this book. And the fade to black, like, sex scenes where oh, you yeah. knew it was going to happen definitely did me a oh, couple yeah. chuckles. I'm waiting for um, the Hanleia tag on AO3 to be updated. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. fill in some of those blanks, but it's fine. Like, from the yeah. very first excerpt of this book that was released, it was 
Fade to black sexy. <laughs> also, can we talk about Han's proposal? I want I you. Want you. <laughs> Maybe ease into that. The tomato meme. I can't <laughs> unhear it. No, Mary. Oh, won't you? <laughs> I won't you. That is all I could think about. Whatever. <laughs> sir. <laughs> Calm down, sir. Please. You literally just destroyed the Death Star. I think you can chill out for a second. <laughs> oh no, my god. Immediately. Immediately. It's literally on the it's the back cover. It says, I want you, Han stated flatly. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> What I need to know is which one of these times resulted in the conception of Ben Solo. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I thought... I like to think it was the first time on the Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> that um, seems the also, most fitting. Also, it's now canon that they had sex on the Falcon when Chewie was on it. <laughs> when they were piloting and they were doing the I do mean... in the back. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Han suggested to do that. Yeah. We have I, doubt it would, I doubt it's even the first time him and Leia did it. Yeah. True. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> this book. Also, the very last part, when they're talking about adding in a kitchen to the, um, to the Falcon, and they're, they're both like, I can't cook, but I'll cook for you. Tears. Burn toast yeah. Also, oh. uh, seeing Han giving her the wedding ring that we oh see my- in the sequel trilogy, <sighs> and the fact that yeah. it has like she's like, oh, it's like the two stones for the two of us. And all I keep thinking about is the fact that she was wearing it. Like I don't care what you say, I. I I am totally fine with Han and Leia like separating after Ben because that's like basically like losing a child. But you can't convince me that they lost all love for each other because she still wore the she wedding. She was wearing it ring. in the Force Awakens. <laughs> she was wearing it in the Force Awakens. She still loved him, and she continues to wear it after he dies. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, and my headcanon now is because Poe already has his mom's wedding ring that Poe was like, oh, I think you should have this and gave it to Rey because she knew that it wasn't just like from Leia, but also because it was Han's wedding ring for her. Don't forget to do this to me, okay? (laughs) So that's my headcanon. Because I was like, oh, Poe would have it. But I was like, oh, Poe already has his his mom's. (laughs) And the so fact I... that it was Poe giving it to Ray because they were both like her children. I can't fucking do this. I can't do it. Like this. it's just, it's just oh. more of like, oh, you can it's like oh. it's like a physical representation of like, you know, having a little yeah. bit of Leia's legacy. Fuck, man. Anyway, let's talk about the Damrons in this book. <laughs> <laughs> um Basically, I oh, hold on. Let me wipe the tears off my face. Um, <laughs> I I like pretty much knew that the Pathfinders were going to show up in this book. Like they're in Return of the Jedi, they're in Shattered Empire. Like I, it's pretty much a given. Um, I was not expecting Han to literally say like, 
kiss and then him to like come in and have an entire conversation with him so i i i, I told i told Liv this i had i was chewing ice i had a piece of ice in my mouth i read the i read the name kess i gasped had to spit out the piece of ice i was eating so i didn't choke and i started yelling for a good five minutes all the while i was crying um i that this the and then at the end of the conversation, he like urges Kess to go back with Shara because they already have a family together. And like he talks about having a family and how um the rebels like got together in the in the heat of the victory because it's emotions running high and whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I just think that the Dameron family and Han and Leia double dates. So yeah. So and also there's also an indirect Poe reference. <laughs> yes, there is. Oh my god! And then Shara later, I, I, I wasn't expecting her to have like a speaking role. She had a couple lines. She, she also was in her A wing as the as the captain of her squadron. Which, thank you, Beth Beth Rebus. I, oh, I love the Dameron family so much. I love them a lot, and I really need to read reread shattered empire after this because i need to look at it with new eyes now (laughs) but anyway that's my dameron family rant over (laughs) continue (laughs) uh we also have mon mothma in this book i was not expecting to like her as much as she as much as i did Mm -hmm. like she had like i don't want to say like she finally had a personality but she was like I finally got to see like her friendship with Leia. And I personally had never seen that before. I do they talk about it in Bloodline or Princess of Alderaan? Okay. So yeah, maybe I they, do need to read well, those. Bloodline, she she yeah, there she's there. Uh because like her and Bale are working together more. And then she's talked about it a little bit in uh Bloodline as well. Mm. But I tweeted this, but uh Mon Mothma being so insistent on Leia taking a honeymoon really takes on a different meaning when you realize that she was married uh and the fact that she potentially because we don't know but like the fact that we've never heard this partner mentioned Leia never brings up the fact that she's married that like she might have that they might have died well uh, here's and, the thing yeah I yeah I was and actually... knowing that like she wants them to take the time that she could never have again with her partner Mm. ouch i was actually thinking about this when i was re-watching rogue one yesterday but because we saw the andor trailer beforehand um this is more like going into andor speculation but i promise this is related like what if her robes and like her like curtain like things what if that's like a chandrillon symbol of mourning and like you know how she has like all those elaborate intricate ornate dresses in the senate Mm -hmm. like what if the empire kills her husband and then she cuts her hair kind of like a viking almost like you know those traditions um and she takes on those robes and the um the symmetry of the robes as like a state of mourning don't know why i thought about that but goddamn <laughs> damn damn no but like yeah mm-hmm. and like i don't know just the whole thing of like knowing like 
thinking about if they have a good relationship was like granted we don't know but if they did have a good relationship mon mothma also knowing what it means to have a person like that to like find reprieve in especially like given the position that she and Leia are in and then that connecting to kind of like Leia's whole struggle of trying to find a balance between her like public life as like a rebel alliance figure and now this like private life that she's trying to build with Han um and him being this kind of like escape from all of it mm-hmm. um and like I wonder if Mon Mothma's like husband was the same way and that's all she why she wants Leia to like be able to like hold on to Han ouch <laughs> like and especially when you consider that like she says like oh Mon Mothma's like a sister or like a mother to me out <laughs> and if Mon Mothma doesn't have kids like that's like so sweet to think of her kind of like you know adopting Leia after she lost Bale Everyone. and like especially given that she's like one of the only one of the people who like knew him like personally oh, knew yeah. both Bale and Brea really personally I can't like she was she visited Alderaan and like had dinners yeah. with them why is Star Wars so goddamn sad <laughs> <laughs> oh man um well kind of um similarly to leia lando is han's support system in this marriage uh uh, does anyone want to talk about that because to be honest i really don't remember exactly what happened oh i can't i do remember what happened is the fucking jacket that shit was so funny where yeah. he he gets him into the new jacket and he lies and tells him it's Alderanian and then Leia's like no it's not <laughs> that's not he just wanted you to wear, he just he just wanted you to wear something nice I don't know that's a very Lando thing to do oh yeah I will say if you go back I fucking said oh I bet Lando gave him a nice jacket because he didn't want Han wearing his old clothes I said that when we saw the cover I joked about it and I cannot believe that's actually what it happened one hundred percent true. <laughs> Like that is exactly what happened. He said, mm-hmm. "You can't wear your old clothes. Yeah. They're so bad." <laughs> I do like Han being canonically beefier <laughs> than Lando. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. So true, King. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> um. I just like that Lando man. tried to uh, throw a bachelor party for Han and then it was overtaken by Ewoks. Ewoks! Like, immediately. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. also that Lando, like, barely has any reaction. He's just like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Swag. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what a fun day that was. <laughs> oh, see you at the wedding. <laughs> Also, can we talk about how, at the wedding how there were like Ewoks along with the rebellion people? Like on one side of the aisle it was them, and then the other side it was Ewoks. <laughs> that was probably a They're lit so ceremony. <laughs> the the way that the one like hijacked the ceremony, like straight up hijacked it. He's yeah, like, Who's, you're done. done. It's my turn. Now. <laughs> you're done. You're done. You're done. Sick. I love a sick Warwick Davis uh, reference as a person who has been both in Return of the Jedi and uh, And Solo. We love to see it. Solo Phantom Menace. Like he has, I think he's been in like five. Yeah. 
I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. We we needed that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then we have Luke, who we see him offer to train Leia in this book. That's another thing I wanted to talk about is like we see Leia make the decision to start training with Luke, which <laughs> I I've never seen that in any piece of Star Wars media. I was very excited to see that. And I think I love the fact well, we can go back to Luke, but this is kind of tangentially related. But I love the fact that she realizes that she wants to train to become a Jedi because she because she feels a connection with like the the big things in the ocean and she asked for help and they gave it and she wants to be even more than that person that figure in the rebellion she wants to be able to help in a way that others can't and use the gifts that she was given by her father who used it for evil for good which yeah and I really liked seeing her struggle between like oh, I have this gift, but I'm also not, it doesn't seem like I, it's coming as natural to me as it did Luke, but also like, I don't want to become my father and I'm scared if I go down this path. Like it's all like, I like being able to really see her like process through that. Um, and then, you know, I think it's good then to see the beginnings of her processing through that for herself, because you know that one day she's going to have to process through that with Ben of like this fear of, he's force sensitive he's he could end up like Luke but he could also end up like Vader and like that being something that she has to be scared about and worry about yeah god this book was so fucking good mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry <laughs> going going back to talking about Luke now uh, I guess um he was just he was I don't want to say her shoulder to cry on but he was her support system after uh he after he burns Vader and she he comes and finds her, he like talks with her about it and good for her for saying she doesn't want to talk about it, which like, yeah. Uh, she was she was just his she was he was her support system. And I really, of course, this is gonna be focused on Leia, but I really wanted to see because of course in A New Hope we saw him, we saw her being the support system for him when mm-hmm. his own unc- aunt and uncle were murdered. But now he's a support system for her when she's processing this knowledge that Darth Vader is her father. And I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Beth Revis. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate him just being so supportive of like her getting married in general. And, like, mm-hmm. knowing that, like, you know, this is what she needs and what she deserves. Like, she deserves this bit of happiness after all that she's had to endure. hmm Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> and also, the idea of Luke getting ordained online through, like... <laughs> minuteministry.com or something and then having the ceremony be taken over by an Ewok that was very funny (laughs) canonical pastor Luke Skywalker (laughs) we love to see it (laughs) what is what is his Jedi camp but him being a youth pastor (laughs) so true he does have youth pastor vibes (laughs) even the way he dresses like that hairstyle oh the hairstyle definitely it's youth pastor vibes it's suspiciously <laughs> single youth pastor. Yeah. Those boots. Those boots say it all. 
The Chanel boots. The Chanel boots. <laughs> My God. I see you, Mr. Skywalker. I see you. Did you, did you not get a description of the all black Chanel boots fit too in this book? I don't remember. We may have. I think it was in the chapter like where, in the first. Um, yeah, where Luke comes to comfort Leia. So probably. <laughs> also, we haven't talked about this yet. We haven't talked about how they finally addressed Luke kissing Leia or Leia kissing Luke, and they're like, let's maybe never talk about this again. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I that liked was, that. That did me a chuckle. That was very good. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. What what kiss? I don't know what, what? you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know who this man is. <laughs> I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. <laughs> he be walking down the street with no thing. Thanks. Sorry to this man. Uh, the only other thing I would mention that, like, as far as, like, references to the original trilogy, I really appreciated how, like, we actually got to, like, explore a little bit, like, Han's, like, PTSD from being yes! frozen in carbonite for a while. Thank like, you. Like, him actually having to struggle with, like, oh, like, she has had these feelings for me for, like, a whole year, and I missed that, and I missed all this stuff, and then also, like, even, like, the physical ways he reacts, like, when he's like jumping into the cold water and he has this like yeah. panic for a moment. Like I thought that was so interesting that like we actually got to explore that for like mm-hmm. seemingly the first time in canon. And yeah. I always really just appreciate it when like, it's kind of like, so like I appreciate the little ways they try to like humanize Han Solo. Um, and I think that was one really simple way that like worked really well and like made a lot of sense. Cause like, I do think that like, it's really easy to brush off Oh, he's frozen in a carbonite. But like the way he describes it is a painful, like horrifying experience. Where like you can feel yourself, but you can't move your body and you can't do anything about it. It's it's literally, I think he there was literally the phrase used like trapped in your own body or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we unfortunately we did not get Leia talking about the War of the Bounty Hunters events to him. Not not directly. And we didn't get to see um his reaction to how much he was he was bought for, which is a million credits. So I would I would have paid a million credits to see. But mm-hmm. we we get to see him process the fact that like he was gone for a year. Mm-hmm. Like he lost an entire year of his life being stuck in carbonite for literally doing nothing. And that made me very sad. <laughs> a lot of this book made me very sad. Mm-hmm yeah yeah and like in a way of like him proposing to Leia is almost like this like not catch up but like something that like he can control and a way that he can like take his life back yeah is by choosing to get married yeah and I don't want to say his proposal was like rushed or anything like that but it was it's like it was overdue I think Mm. And that's why it may have sounded so clunky and like so rushed because it he Leia's probably been thinking about this for the past year since he's been since he's been gone. But this is still like maximum three days after he's been frozen out of carbonite. Yeah. So he mm. still has those feelings of admitting that he loves her very fresh. So especially with like the war, as we've said before, emotions are running high. This was definitely a spur of the moment decision. And I think it was the right decision to make. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this whole like and the whole thing they talk about where it's like, oh, the opposite of like war is like love. So like this is mm-hmm. the way for them to like kind of do the opposite of what they've been doing for the past couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking love this book. Like everything about it is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Um, finally we have the Halcyon crew. I don't have much to say except for I love that one, I'm forgiving his name, but that one guy who comes down to the planet him out, he's great. <laughs> no glove shit. Oh, the um oh, the, the, the Nautilus guy. Yeah, yes. love him. <laughs> what That's an icon. True. I liked Leia's little like like aid. I oh, thought she was Yeah, cool. she was great. She okay. You get a lore drop from my uh when I was really obsessed ah, with the Halcyon the days. Star Cruiser. <laughs> she, I can't remember her name right now. Um, like Rio. But, or... Oh wait, I I opened it literally to the page where she's introduced. Interesting. Um, Riola. 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 Uh, what's her last name? It's something with a K. But anyways, currently on the Galactic Star Cruiser, she's the captain. She's the isn't captain. she? Knew she's it. The captain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good for her. She also, moved up the Pantheon, ranks. and I she think Pantheons are so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's very slay. She is very slay. She's very cool. Very slay. Literal Captain Girl Boss. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing I do want to mention is that droid, the the one where it's like you can see you can see him but he can't see you that was very mm-hmm. funny and the way that he was just like getting fed up with Han and Leia being like touchy with each other it was yeah. funny the way that they were so pissed when they were late yeah. <laughs> they were like, we thought that you guys were waiting for us like <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah honestly uh, before before we move on I was pleasantly surprised at the amount that this was not a halcyon ad like of course it was but it was not like in your face like actual stuff yeah. happened that moved forward the plot like, it felt very actually... tongue-in-cheek too that it it was like meant to be a pub- publicity stunt yeah you know <laughs> also or like it was like it felt so like canto bite in the way that it was like oh yeah. these are like the rich people who like weren't yeah. affected by the war and like some yeah. of them actually like would have really benefited no matter what side won mm-hmm. and like I appreciated that commentary still being there mm-hmm. and felt very consistent. Uh, and they also didn't even spend, like, I was surprised by how long it took them to get to the Halcyon. I was surprised by how yeah. they ended up, like, leaving it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it Plus really did surprised, feel though. like, yeah. But like, it really did feel like this book was very clearly, like, a Han and Leia wedding mm-hmm. relationship book first. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Halcyon ad second. <laughs> uh, also, the the crown of Corellia bit that was funny when he was talking about. Um, he brought up how like Corellia is like a shithole. Why would they name a dining room? Yeah, crown of Corellia. But then the fact that he says he's like, there's like nothing good about it, and then like he's like, but Kira, Kira I was like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the fact that it was a little voice in, in the back of his head saying, but it gave you Kira, like, and I wonder I, if Han has been back to Corellia, like, oh, no, he, 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 he did it because in, of in, Han and Han Chewie. Chewie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm assuming he's not keen to go back there. <laughs> yeah, but you, you kind of get the vibe. 
right. he had a boy boss in that moment. But anyways, that that was very funny. But no, he's just like me for real, because when I was doing my intense galactic star cruiser research, I also thought, why the fuck would they name it Crown of Corellia? Corellia is a shithole. <laughs> shithole. <laughs> it's very is. meta. A lot of the jokes <laughs> in this book are very meta, and it's very yeah. funny. Uh, is there any other plot stuff that you guys want to talk about it that we didn't discuss with the characters? There was a nice like, planet. I feel like we didn't <laughs> talk about like at all the main conflict of the book. No. Um, okay. I do want to say that I really like the, not the antagonist, but like, not, I almost said the Antichrist. Not even the Antichrist. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but the guy, the, the, the prime minister guy. I thought he was a very well thought out character. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think that both Han and Leia can relate to him and that he would probably do anything to protect his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I And I like too how like Han was like, oh, well, why wouldn't he join the rebellion? But then like when he says like not everyone knows that the rebellion is a choice that they have. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was really uh good to point out because like yeah I think it's so easy to be like oh well, everyone should just join the rebellion but like yeah like not everyone has a choice and like when you're the leader of a planet sometimes you have to make the decision to like protect your people versus like especially when they said like well, it seems like like a majority of their population was killed when yeah. the empire like crashed that ship into their planet mm-hmm. I also, also like the I conversations love the oh, go ahead Bruce. I love the little Pruce. Yeah. Whatever those creatures were. <laughs> the little stag thing, the little reindeers. Yeah. So but like mega reindeer. <laughs> so big. <laughs> um, I also like the conversations about art and the fact that there was that one piece that was brought up where they took like the, the pendulum and then they cracked it, but then they melted it so the cracks reseal but leia brought up how it's more fragile like hello symbolism galore (laughs) i don't know i really like that bit and i liked how it was uh a civilization based around art Mm -hmm. and how they they really like didn't have a choice to fight back with the empire i we've already talked that talked about it before but they really didn't have a choice like i think they said they don't have an army like, they don't really have any defenses at all. So I don't want to say, like, they didn't have a choice in letting the Empire come there, but it was, like, letting the Empire Their come there or, like, tied. yeah, slaughtering yeah. the entirety of its people, like. <laughs> yeah, well, like, in a lot of those women's suits, like, yeah, it's so easy for the Empire to target them because, like, they don't have a defense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They don't have, like, help from other planets or, like, resources, whatever, like, all that. Um, also, yeah, sick, sick Death Star reference. Flare, <laughs> uh, the, the Empire completely stripping a planet of their natural resources to build some weapon. So true. Um, connections to other Star Wars media? Obviously, War of the Batty Hunters, the Star Wars 18. Um, of course, Rogue One, the Stardust Mention, Leia Princess of Alderaan. I think we I- can... We the, can go into the, detail. The Saw Gerrera application <laughs> of Leia. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's easier to pretend imperial flags weren't there if you didn't look up at them but that never made them go away Beth I see what you fucking did there. <laughs> I, th- I was losing my fucking mind Urso being directly referenced yeah my- that was one of the moments where I was like Emily's gonna lose her shit <laughs> yeah like I was like stop <laughs> Urso being directly referenced uh Wobani. there were a couple what the Wobani yeah, well, Bonnie, yeah, that's also a Leia Princess of Alderaan connection because they actually mm-hmm. describe her going on that mission there. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And then, of course, her saying she was wearing like Weira pearls um, and that being where Saw's base is. That's like only the mm-hmm. second time it's been mentioned in another book besides Rebel Rising. Uh, the only other time was in the High Republic of all places. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they mentioned it in Into the Dark and I was like, Okay, but yeah, that's your glove Shatooine. <laughs> it's so true. No, that is, it is. You don't understand. <laughs> oh wait, not not to bring up Andor again, but do you think that's what we could see? Can we get like a live action like plan of that, or have they moved on? I'm not sure. It's it would be close because that was where they like they leave from. Um, but like the base that the it's like a uh it's like an ocean planet. I guess so. I'm oh. not sure if it's what is shown, but I it's possible that if they show like independent saw scenes, that he mm. might still be there. I'm unsure okay. if he had to move or not. I yeah, okay. I don't know exactly when he started to like move, and he had like multiple bases. That was I think just the base that he was like mainly on, and like Jin was there. Uh, um, okay, but possibly, I'd be interested. The I dots would, are I connecting. Would I would. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> But that, um, and yeah, I just loved, I was like waiting because I was like, I feel like she has to mention like a couple of like specific Rebel Rising stuff. <laughs> she's got to put that in there for her fans, for the for, Rebel for, Rising enjoyers, for, for Emily fans, specifically. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so me. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, oh. were there any other comic references? I was just gonna say we also got yeah. a reference to uh, Commander Zara. Yeah, Star oh Wars. Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So I've talked about her on this podcast before, but Ellie and Zara. So background on Ellie and Zara. She was basically Tarkin's protege, um, and she took over a, de- a destroyer after the destruction of the first Death Star, and she called it Tarkin's Will. And part of the Star Destroyer was destroyed by the Death Star, so they leave it there as a memorial to the people they've lost on the Death Star. Um, and Zara is the perfect foil for Leia's character, and it's just so good. And I loved the fact that she that the way she was included was her looking at the scar that she didn't think Han had noticed, which is another thing um, adding to what we've said before about the year that Han was gone. Like he, mm-hmm. he had no idea what Leia did for him to get him back. It's mm-hmm. she, she literally so much. She went through so much to try and get him back. And, and we she almost finished. had him. Like we, there's still time. Yeah. Before Return of the Jedi. She's oh going to go God. through more shit. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I was not expecting a reference to Zara in this book, but I, not to say I loved it, but like, I loved the context of it. Mm-hmm. And I I wish we saw 
a little bit more about them talking about what it was like in that year apart from each other. And mm-hmm. I wish Leia had told Han what she had done to try and get him back. But that that's for that's for the post Return of the Jedi slate of comics. I I will be the Joker when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my guess is she couldn't do too much because it's still like actively ongoing. Yeah, true. But yeah, Zara reference, mwah, Chef's kiss, loved it. Did go insane once I realized it. Mm-hmm. I I, I remember you texted me. Is this a Zara reference? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> I was I was Leonardo DiCaprio pointing jiffing yeah. all over the fucking place. <laughs> But that was that was a big Leonardo DiCaprio point and gif moment. Um, uh, yeah, we've already talked. A you guys about- take the Leia Princess of Alderaan stuff because I have not read that yet. Um, yeah, you should. Yeah, the reference to we already went over like the mission that she was on, and then also like the uh, the mention of like her test and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also something that we got confirmed here was that Lola was not in Leia's trinket box or like treasure box that did end up making it off of Alderaan. So Lola did uh get destroyed. Lola got blown up. (laughs) But Lola, Lola, rest in peace. Rest in pieces, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) I like how we were all like, well, no, but maybe she is in like the box. Like she's small enough. She could fit in the box. No. Nope. Nope. She's gone. She's gone. Man. Okay. But the part where she was saying like she wanted nothing more than to have the sword on her wedding day. I was like losing it. Losing it. Because her her country, not country, her planet meant so much to her and she wanted yeah. it with her and she physically could she not. couldn't. Like, <laughs> and even just, yeah, talking about, like, I didn't she, like, ask Mon Mothma, she's like, do you think they'd be proud of me? Yeah. And I was like, how could you even ask that? Of course, they'd be proud of you, like. And then also, uh, like, mentioning about, I always love when they mention about, like, Brea and, like, her mountain like and how she was like oh she basically like gave herself to the planet like I always love when they reference that so I was so happy to see that here the only thing I was a little surprised we didn't give it a nod to was um her first boyfriend yeah I can't remember his name but yeah here it's something with a k right here is it here I think so (laughs) like I was a little surprised especially because they did reference Kira I kind of expected yeah them to maybe like be like oh but I also get it the way he like the way things ended (laughs) whoops no spoilers because Hayden hasn't read it but But hey (laughs) I I listen the comic book store in San Diego I'm going back in like three weeks and I think I'm gonna go on Saturday when I get there and get settled in they have a hardcover Leia, Princess of Alderaan, that they've had since I've been going to the comic book store, since I moved out to San Diego last year. I'm going to get it. That's actually where I got my most wanted book, too. Um, you probably just jinxed yourself. You're going to go back. And yeah, it's going to be there. They're also the besties that got me the, the, the Kenobi poster board for free. It's like 
it's like huge. I don't, <laughs> I don't have any room for it in my dorm room, but I, I took it anyway, because <laughs> this, I, what, I you think took 12 and I was posters? just about to bring that up. I think I have a little bit of a problem because I took really? 12 and or posters because I, I don't know. You have like to there's make no it, explanation. You what have you to make a 12? TikTok with that sound where it's like, I took nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except it's 12. <laughs> I, I don't know. We're, we're so well up here in the old noggin. It's, yeah, it's definitely. The hibernation. It's like you're a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking a few for the winter. <laughs> well, just in case. You should share them with your besties who did not receive. I am absolutely going to. I asked you guys if you wanted six of them. We don't I need, need one for myself. I'm, I'm what good if you with one. <laughs> what if you want six of them? Why would I want six of them? Because what if you want to do like an Andor poster wall? I don't know. I already have four prints of Cassie and I can't yeah like if you're talking to the the Andor stand and she's like nah I'm okay I just need one I just need one maybe we're a little bit crazy love just a little little bit bit crazy love it's not us it's you maybe maybe I'm mentally ill yeah you are maybe (laughs) take the question mark off there so true <laughs> anyways me and my 12 and or posters you know the meme where it's like don't talk to me or my son ever again it's don't talk to me or my son 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 ever again that was i i lost count anyways okay we get we get the gist we we got it what were we even talking about? Lair Princess uh, of Alderaan. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Connection. Oh. I think... I mean, I think that's all I can remember, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, the the ring. The, yes, we talked about I, the ring. Yeah, I was not expecting that to be their wedding ring. I don't know what else I would have thought it to be, but... Yeah, I thought she just wears fun jewelry. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, maybe I'm stupid because I asked my sister and she's like, yeah, I knew that was her wedding ring. And I was like, am I stupid for not realizing that that was her wedding ring? I thought that was just a ring she was wearing. Yeah, I I thought she was just wearing a funky ring because I remember, I can't remember if it was Force Awakens or Lost Jedi. Carrie Fisher was like, we should have more fun space jewelry. And she told that to whoever the director was and they gave her space jewelry. So yeah. suffering <laughs> but um, now i want that ring like desperately but wait did the ring fell off her finger didn't it when she no that, well, was, that was tracking beacon oh no that was the ring the ring that was of the vine from the ceremony. no no no. i'm talking about like in um rise of skywalker like when her hand like did it fall no, off? yeah, no yeah that was i don't think it fell off no oh, i think it just okay I think down. you're thinking think- of the, the Last Jedi when the, the tracking beacon falls out of her hand. Okay. Yeah. I could just be hallucinating again. Because you I've can, or at least before. Like you, you see it when she, like in the Ray hug, you see that she still has it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both, right. In both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Or, I mean, Oops. there is Skywalker. 
Yeah, I need to rewatch the sequels. As a sequels enjoyer, I need to rewatch the sequels. Um, I think that's it for the sequels. Uh, they talk about I having so. kids, and then they had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Oh. And we finally understand why the name Ben actually makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so finally, to kind of close it out, uh, how did this affect your view of Hanalea's characters and then their relationship? I've talked about this before. Never really was a Leia person. I might be a Leia person now. Um, never really was a Han Leia person. I might be a Han Leia person now. Um, I think I really needed this book to help me see into the nature of their relationship because I'll be honest, I was very hesitant to um, just watching like the original trilogy. I was maybe a little more open to it in the sequels, but like watching it in the original trilogy, I wasn't super psyched about that, but I guess reading the comics and this book and just rewatching the movies over and over again kind of uh, warmed me up to it a little bit, but they're fucking adorable and they deserve each other. And they're like the perfect partner for each other. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, I am a Han Leia person. Yes. They, they are <laughs> my favorite. Um, so this book was my everything. This was my, I knew it was going to be my Joker. Um, oh, who's your Joker? <laughs> it was my Joker Joker. In more like, than one way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, I just, I loved getting to see their relationship on a bit of a deeper level because in the original trilogy, it's very relationship surface is level. More, yeah, it's surface level. It's more like bantery. So you yeah. don't actually get to see them being vulnerable with each other, which it's mm-hmm. it's fine for what it is, but since they do get married and like have a, a son and all that, you kind of need a bit more to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I like this relationship. Um, and this book did that for me. And I still have to read Bloodline because I know it'll give me more, but um I just loved it so much. I just loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, like I think like Lily, I already loved Tom and Leia, but I feel like this added a lot of good depth to their relationships in the best way. Uh this this Han Solo officially goes third on my Han Solo ranking list. He's <laughs> such a great little guy. <laughs> right up there, right up there with the Force Awakens Han. And so uh, Solo Han is the princess and the scoundrel Han, a king and icon. <laughs> I love him. And I also think that this was like, to me, this is another perfect example of why Leia is usually at her best when she is written by women. Um, this to me did the perfect balance of letting her be like romantic and sweet but also well, still being a strong, prominent figure in the rebellion. Strong, prominent figure. And especially after the way that her character is done in Return of the Jedi, I think this is perfect mm-hmm. for, you know, showing that and showing, you know, her struggles too. Cause I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. And people like to forget all of the trauma that Leia endured and how that really does have like a lasting effect on her and her relationships. Um, and I think this book did it perfectly and she's one of my favorite characters like every book that I read about her just makes me love her more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she really does thrive in the books I think yes yeah and it's because she's being written by like 
women who actually care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So basically, Kessler Run Relay gives this book a five out of five stars. Five, five out of yeah. star, five stars, two thumbs up, heart hands, all of the above. Chef's kissery on both hands, like one <laughs> Like if you if you haven't read this, go read it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Beth Revis, please write more Star Wars books. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. Now I actually like have to read Rebel Rising. I don't have an excuse anymore because I still have a book. I have the hardcover <laughs> book, finally. So yes. maybe this literacy kick will last a little longer until I go to school. So yes. Good news for me. Um, with that, we'll get into Kessel Run Book Club. Uh, so first up is the comics. And from my understanding, we have quite a bit to catch oh up boy, on. Oh boy, it's a oh jam-packed boy. episode. <laughs> um, so there have been five Star Wars comics that have come out in the past few weeks. Um, first on the 17th was Star Wars 26 and Mandalorian number two. Uh, we will not be discussing Mandalorian number two because it's basically just like a retelling of There's nothing episode two yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> and then the none comics of us that came are out, reading it yeah none of us are reading it. i'm only having it for my collection but anyways yeah. uh the comics that came out this week which is the 20 i don't know the date of when it came out 24th 24th uh is hyperspace stories number one darth vader number 26 and dr afro number 23 so we will start off with star wars 26 i they also got a new cover artist to be doing this set of Star Wars or this arc of Star Wars. And holy shit, this cover is incredible. I'm literally going to go back and get another one so I can put it on my wall, uh, on my comic wall in San Diego. So true. But they also got a new interior artist for this um, for this issue, which I'll be honest, I really like the, um, the other artists a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was very nervous about switching artists because the last time that the star wars title switched artist it was salvador la roca and we all know how this podcast feels about salvador (laughs) la roca and i had looked up his art before and he also did i think he did miss marvel and then he might have done a moon girl and devil dinosaur comic i don't know for sure but i know for sure he did uh one of the miss marvel series and i was worried that his art wouldn't fit like the tone of this of this title but i was proven wrong it was i yeah fantastic Mm -hmm. i cannot wait to see how he does the other characters and also Mm -hmm. avon verlaine i love how he draws avon verlaine in this issue also wedge antilly shows up shout out Mm -hmm. to kels i think (laughs) i'm gonna convince them to uh to read star wars 2020 because i need to because wedge shows up a lot Uh, but anyways this issue we haven't even gotten to like the actual plot of the issue but basically the plot of the issue is two crimson dawn sleeper agents in the empire working on a top secret project get activated by anti-q also i'm obsessed with how they call kira anti-q anti-q that i love that um slay slay yeah true (laughs) but they get activated by kira and they have a family like they have a family living on this thing in this black area or what is it the 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 dark zone i don't know whatever the caa does but (laughs) um but they they have to not defect because they were never really a part of the empire uh but they have to escape 
the the thing they're building without getting re without getting found out by ISB or whatever. And it turns out that the project they're working on is the second Death Star, which someone brought this up on League of Comic Geeks. Like we might finally get to see many Bothans died to bring us this information in canon, which makes me very happy. And I'm very glad that Charles Soule is doing it. We know how I feel about our buddy Charles. Oh yeah. Um, I, Charles. <laughs> so true. I love this issue. I really liked how it showed the nuances of the Crimson Dawn Sleeper agents and how, just how they function in the state of the empire, because we've gotten a couple Crimson Dawn Sleeper agents. Um, we got the one in War of the Bounty Hunters 5, and then we got a couple when Kira met with Leia in 23, 22, whichever that issue was. Oh, I oh. really like this, and I'm very excited to follow this family as they try to get the Death Star plans, not not the Death Star plans, but like the news of the Death Star to the Rebellion. Very excited for that. Liv, what do you think? I've already talked too much. I really, really like this issue. Um, I honestly think I like this artist more than the last one. Really? I, I Yeah. I don't know. There's something about the style that... One thing, one thing I will say is that the last artist's style got a little repetitive, and I kind yeah. of like this one is like more lively, you know. Yeah, it's more, it's more like stylistic, but I, I think it mm-hmm. works with the tone I agree. of this. Mm-hmm. Also, Yvonne Verlaine is very. I love Yvonne. Very beautiful. Please kiss me on the mouth. Smoochable. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just I. I kind of wish, like, they're they're doing the whole Crimson Dawn sleeper agent. I wish they would have brought this in sooner when they were doing the Crimson Rain tie-ins. Because it and, you know, made it a tie-in. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited to see where it goes now. Um, the fact that they, they call Kira Auntie Q. I'm obsessed. My favorite thing ever. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm getting to see Hera as well. Just, yes! Just oh, my God! How did I forget about that? Hera makes yeah. a cameo! Yeah. God! <laughs> She, she's literally just standing there. She has like one line and I'm like, ah, love you. Yeah. Love you, <laughs> yeah. After reading Princess and the Scoundrel, reading that was very brain exploding moment, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we move on to they? No. Hyperspace stories? No more final thoughts. I have given all my thoughts. Yes, I think this is a very good bookend slash teaser for this next arc yes, of, of Star Wars, which I hope this, um, I hope the Hidden Empire crossover is, a, is all, all of the crossovers has, all the crossovers have been good, but I hope that Hidden Empire makes it the best. Yes. I, I hope like this is a little teaser for what's to come in the Hidden Empire crossovers. I'm very excited and this issue makes me very helpful. Um, hopeful. So yeah, five stars from the Kessel Run Relay crew on Star Wars 26. Moving on, we have uh, the comics from this week, Hyperspace Stories number one. This was interesting. Um, this was Star Wars's first recollab with Dark Horse Comics. They had a contract with IDW, which is another independent publishing house, but I think it ran out after Higher Public Bake Off or Higher Public 13, whichever one was the last one. But it's the Dark Horse is allowed is a, is allowed to be a lot more like dark and gritty compared to some of the Marvel stuff and IDW stuff, which I'm excited for because I love 
dark gritty star wars like we've said before this podcast it likes the nitty gritty the nitty gritty yeah the nitty gritty um well, this you have a nicer cover just i'm just noticing yeah i think i have <laughs> you have one of the variants right. yeah this is the original oh, one <laughs> i almost didn't get it because my my guy gave me my polls and i was like you don't have hyperspace stories in here i didn't yeah. check it plot twist i did just another one of my daily struggles <laughs> this is this is an issue i was kind of confused some of the time um it's almost like we don't speak wookie <laughs> maybe <laughs> um the letterer is a lot more like like of course dark horse's original style when writing star wars comics um I do like there's this one panel of Obi-Wan shifting from speaking basic to speaking Shrewook. And you can see like the bubble, like not not degrade, but like warp yeah. into the Shrewook. Yeah, that yeah. one. And get all wobbly. I really like that detail. Um and I wish I wish Star Wars had more interesting um and interactive letterer lettering, I should say. Um, but basically the main plot of this issue was just Padme's in trouble and Anakin has to go save her her and Obi-Wan both get captured and Anakin has to save both of them and then apparently a senator dies which I was not clear on how clear yeah like the the main thing that showed that he died was in yeah it was it looks very static like you can't tell really what's happening Mm -hmm. Um, it's just left up to interpretation which I it, it has its moments. Do that. You you can't really do that with comics all of the time. I think, especially uh-huh. at least for something that important, you know. Yeah, and like intrinsic to the plot. But yeah, um, I this issue was fine. It's it it's an issue, and I'm excited mm-hmm. that the one thing, the main overarching, um verdict on this comic is that i'm excited that dark horse is back doing star wars and we can get more nitty-gritty <laughs> uh Liv, do you have any final thoughts before we move on to vader um not really i just i don't know i didn't expect much for this but it didn't do much for me if mm-hmm. that makes sense i'm excited to see where it goes but i wasn't necessarily impressed with this mm-hmm. <laughs> I would so, like to re- yeah. to reiterate that this is not a prequels podcast by any means, no. and this was very prequels based. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's the like fact a Clone that- Wars episode. I, yeah. I was literally just gonna say it, it feels like a, a Clone Wars episode. And like I like the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars is my favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars show, but I I don't know what that was. But <laughs> um, anyways, just going into like the overall thoughts on the series and the future of the series, I love star wars anthologies and actually when we were at disney the cover for the third issue got released and it's a finn and poe it's a finn and poe issue so like i'm really they're glad matching that we're overalls getting, they're matching overalls <laughs> and i'm very excited that we get to see um anthology series are really great for star wars because we get to see a lot of stories from a lot of different time periods like i'm pretty sure there might be there might even be a high republic one i'm not sure if that has any problems with like the the idw contract that they might have and how it can't switch over into dark horse but there might be there but i'm very excited for the potential of the series and just like the little tidbits it might give us like we've already talked about like 
sequel trilogy content it's star wars in my opinion has been severely lacking on sequel trilogy content and it just goes into this conversation that i think we've had before about how star wars is shying away from making sequel trilogy content when it is it should be doing the exact opposite and making a lot of it Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall i'm i'm intrigued as to the future of the series and i this it gets a it gets a middle thumb for me yeah hyperspace stories number one um, but now we can move into Vader, which Vader also got a new cover artist for this continuing um, this continuing arc. And this artist's covers, I don't know if you've seen the previews just on the timeline or on Marvel.com or whatever. It is insane. Like mm-hmm. this, the cover of 26 is basically Vader formed out of sand. And it, uh, the, the, the title of the issue is Into the Sand, but... I, I can post it. I've posted the cover before. I've talked about the cover before. This artist's covers are insane. And then his Sabe covers, the one with Palpatine, just chef's kiss all around. And I'm very excited to get them. Um, but going into the actual content of this <laughs> issue, <laughs> we've talked about this before multiple times on this podcast. We do not like this arc that... We do not like this arc. <laughs> and this is this is my favorite issue of the arc mostly because it does not refer to the arc like at all (laughs) it's like like all flashbacks (laughs) yeah it's all flashbacks and like a little bit of new bits and pieces basically the only new thing that happens is that Vader goes on a pod racer and saves Sabe that that that's literally what happens yeah that's it um this like I said before, this is my favorite issue of the arc so far, mostly because it has nothing to do with the arc. Uh, the flashbacks, I, I don't want to say this issue relied too heavily on flashbacks, but the, the flashbacks are what made the issue, so I don't know where I stand on that. It's 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 weird because yeah. I kind of agree that it's like, okay, I've seen the prequels. Why are you showing me this again? Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it was better than the story that we currently have yeah this we're we're conflicted on this issue so i would say um another middle thumb for me uh but again the covers that this guy is doing this artist name is raza i think yeah raza raza's covers are fucking insane and i cannot wait to see where else he takes them like especially i've talked about it before the sabe covers just very excited mm-hmm. and then finally we have the one i've been most excited for dr afra 23 oh which God. this was this was like a no way home yeah of, <laughs> yeah this was the no way home of afra comics basically it's a bunch of afra's exes her dad and her ward that come together and try and save afra it's it's a lot and it's very very gay actually it's so gay. <laughs> it's so gay. <laughs> um, I also, can we talk about how sexy Ascendant or yeah, Ascendant Afra is? Yes, we can. When she's like playing with the globe on the archivist table. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, Spark Ascendant. And Afra. then, <laughs> and then when she goes, when she goes, oh, I like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Also, also, I would like to talk about Magna Tolvin. Oh, 
She was sexy. The way that the artist draws her, I'm like, mm -hmm. hi. <laughs> you may be for real. <laughs> no, she, oh. This, this issue was too much for my gay little heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a new ship. We have yes! Sana, Sana and Tolvin. Um, just for your reference, look at these. Look okay. They're literally holding hands. I do know who Sana is. Okay, okay yeah, because she was, in, I read she was in the audiobook too. Yes, that's how I know yeah. her. Just, I fucking love this issue. Um, I need, I've said this before. I love I need two of Afra's exes getting together while she's going so through like, something. <laughs> <laughs> She's that's, definitely yep, going through something. Definitely. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this before. I need to go back and reread Afro 2020 because this was a very good issue. And as I've said before, the no way home of Afro issues or as Afro some, comics. As someone who literally just reread Afro 2020 as I was sitting in an airport. Um, for five hours. <laughs> For five hours. You should read this because <laughs> this issue was made so much better by the fact that I was like, oh my God, I know these people. <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio pointing to yeah, literally. <laughs> oh my God. It was also, just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> no this issue, we saw the Vermilion, which is Kira's ship. Um, if we see Crimson Dawn Kira in the next Afra issue, I'm I'm going to be writing an expletive-laden tweet to both Alyssa Wong and Ethan Sachs because I mentally cannot do this anymore. Ethan has nothing to do with Afra. But he does! Because I, they have their own little group chat and they, like, give each other characters to work with. That's how Vukora was able to go in. That's how, like, Deathstick was able to go in Bounty Hunters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, for one, welcome Kira in the next. I do not. <laughs> listen, listen. You have to no. get over it at some point. No, I'm not it's going just to girl actually. Bossing. No, she, she didn't. Sorry, to, like, legends. Legends hated his you. back. Oh legends my hated his back. Sorry. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> Leave Kira alone. No, <laughs> she's been she a manipulated a child. It's all in the name of girl bossery. I'm on Kira's oh. side. Yes. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Em. Thank you. <laughs> I will I literally stand by my canceled wife. No. <laughs> Sorry. That's Truly. Sit. Sit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, and I stand with Liv and her canceled wife. <laughs> I will push both of you down into a seat and lock you into your chair. Oh. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, anyways. They go to, they, this is basically an Afro beach episode. They literally go to like a beach planet mm -hmm. and beat up a bunch of guys. And then the very last panel, oh, that was sexy. Oh, the very last, last panel. <laughs> listen, if you are not familiar with the friends of the pod, Jay of Jay and Arya <laughs> at Empits and Emperor on Twitter. <laughs> has a track record of um passing out when reading new afro issues like multiple times and it is it has been acknowledged by Alyssa wong the author mm -hmm. so, <laughs> mm -hmm. um 
I did not read this the day before. I know Claire, she gets arcs for fulcrum transmissions but shout out to them they also did a very good afro episode i think mm-hmm. it released last week uh with Alyssa wong so please go listen to that because that it that episode phenomenal. is it was amazing and i i love that episode and i need to go re-listen to it um anyways uh claire read it and we have a comics group chat on twitter and the first thing i said was jay like you jay is going to be unwell on wednesday <laughs> <laughs> I read it and I was like, Jay, you need to drink water. You yeah. need to be sitting down when you read the issue. Like you need to, you need yeah. to collect yourself. No, as soon as I flipped to the page, I was like, no, yeah. I was like, God yeah, speed. yeah. God speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, if you haven't picked up what we're putting down yet, the very last panel of Afro 23 is triple zero and BT one in vacation clothes, which <laughs> for your they, pleasure they look <laughs> they look so fashionable and I'm obsessed with them oh they're my favorite droids I think they're just such menaces yeah they're like chopper but on steroids oh you think chopper's a war criminal you think chopper is a war criminal these two are literally like violating the Geneva convention no, literally, literally by breathing <laughs> Yeah. They're literally war criminals. Yeah, they're literally war criminals. Like, not even joking anymore. I this this they issue was people just... for fun. I love them. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> <sighs> um, for reference, Triple Zero is basically just like a really fucked up C3PO <laughs> in that his core programming was corrupted and then he was supposed to be destroyed. But Afra said, mm, you know, I'm gonna put him into a protocol droid anyway. And it's <laughs> don't anyways he's basically just a really fucked up c3po and then bt1 is i have to differentiate between bt1 and bd1 because bd1 is cal's droid and then bt1 is you know the the war criminal um bd is the little baby bt is a a menace (laughs) true (laughs) but basically bt1 is just r2d2 on steroids it's it's like if Chopper and R2C2 had a baby and then that baby grew up in a war zone. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want you you like Chopper? Like Darth Maul. Wolves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically they're they're two fucked up little guys. Like you know how we yeah. say fucked up little guys? Like they're fucked they're up. Fucked. Fucked up, little guys. And that was basically the, that was the issue. It's just them getting to, it was good. It was a combination of gay, (laughs) Afra being hot, other women being hot, and then fucked up little droids. Yeah. That's it. It was so good. 10 out of 10. Two Two thumbs thumbs up. (laughs) Thank you, Two thumbs up for this podcast. Thank you, Wong, for providing us with that good gay shit. Godspeed forever. <laughs> um, this slate of comics, just overall, the past few weeks have been, um, very strong. I know we always say that, but like this batch was especially strong. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think my favorite. Uh, I don't know. 
I, I think my favorite was Star Wars. I think yours was Afra, probably, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I'm very excited with how this next arc of Star Wars is going to go. I, I, I think Star Wars was the, f- I think it was the second tie-in for where the bounty hunters have read besides bounty hunters. Cause I think I read bounty hunters first and then star Wars, but I have been keeping up with star Wars, like the title, the second longest besides bounty hunters. I'm very excited to see how this is all going to come into fruition. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been buying these comics and keeping staying and staying in touch with the crossovers for the past two years and getting to see it like grow from War of the Bounty Hunters to now Hidden Empire and how Star Wars sets up Hidden Empire. Well, Star Wars 26 sets up Hidden Empire. It's it's going to be Joker Joker City for this podcast. So true. Um, what do you think, Liv? I'm very excited. I just, I love comics so much. Too. <laughs> wow. Have, like, any critical thoughts to add? I just love comics. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Star Wars comics. Mm-hmm. Like, there's- they're, they're the best. They're the best part of Star Wars right now. I yeah. Guess. Absolutely, 100%. And that could be a conversation for another video, but the comics are definitely the standout piece of mm-hmm. Star Wars media coming out right now. Um, I I was going to say something, but I forgot. So, Emily, what are you reading? Uh, a while ago, or right before Princess and the Scoundrel, I read The Courtship of Princess Leia. It was my first Legends book. It certainly was a book. Uh, I, Dave, well, or whatever his name is, is kind of my enemy. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Leia written more out of character. Like the fact that she just like allows herself to get pushed around into like an arranged marriage. And it's like, maybe I don't love Han. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? What? I have no idea. And then Han kidnaps her to take her to Dothamir, which he won in a game of Sabacc. <laughs> None of this is a lie. <laughs> um, and then- Wait, no. He won Dathomir in a Sabacc game? Yep. He yep, yep, won yep. Dathomir. Yep, 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 yep. From a warlord. Yeah. Uh, this is the first appearance of the Night Sisters, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and <laughs> so, like, Hod kidnaps her, and she's not nearly as angry. Like, she's angry to begin with, and then she just kind of, like, gets over it, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then, like, the guy she's, like, it, it, what they want to be in arranged marriage to, and Luke come to the Dothamir to, like, save them, and they get, like, kidnapped by, like, the one of the witch ladies not a night sister but is another like witch lady and she's like you're my husband now because that's how this planet works uh it's like a matriarchy type thing and he's like no I'm not in love with you and then she falls for the guy that Han or that Leia was supposed to be like married getting married to and they end up taking her off the planet and she like becomes the next queen of that planet once again just some random witch from Dothamir. Uh they're like in this fight with the Night Sisters. There's a whole another thing with some other warlord. And you notice how as I'm saying this, it seems to really lack the courtship part. Yeah. I don't think this man was uh, interested in writing romance and 
I was looking at Goodreads reviews and apparently this guy was supposed to write a trilogy of books. So my assumption uh-uh. is that got scrapped and then he just kind of pushed everything that he wanted to write into this one book. Uh, it was not good. I'm sorry. I, and you know what? There are a lot of Goodreads reviews that I was reading that were like, why is this like on the Essential Legends list? Like, it's not <laughs> good. And then in the end, like, Lay's just like, oh, I do love you. And I'm like, the fuck also Han's gonna like sacrifice himself uh to like take out the warlord and like the lead night sister um and then she like tortures him by she decides she's gonna crush every bone in his body and she breaks his like molars apart it was like one of the most violent things I've ever read. Like truly this book would be going and then like something extremely violent would happen. And I'm like, I, it like threw me off. I didn't like it. That's certainly a legend book. Like, oh we just like God. get married. That, that's like, it? I like, yeah, they just get married. And it's so weird. And like Mon Mothma's like, well, maybe she should marry this guy. I was like, in what fucking world is Mon Mothma saying that? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Also, there was a character who was like very like weird portrayal of like a fat person that like like basically every time they were on screen, they were like, oh my god, he's so fat and big. And I'm like, this feels like it was like very fat phobic uh vibes. I I didn't like it. I don't really recommend it. Just read The Princess and the Scoundrel. <laughs> Honest to God, like you'll like it better. Because if you were in this book for Leia and Han, you didn't really get that. Uh, kind of cool seeing the Night Sisters, uh, but I definitely like what they did in canon more <laughs> than what they did uh, in Legends. Also, Dothmire's planet description is also very different from like what we see like a forest I don't know oh but there are a lot of rancors in it too (laughs) there are a lot of rancors in um fallen order you have to fight a lot of rancors yeah they like ride the rancors around Uh, yeah yeah so I guess they kept that element anyway gotta love legends (laughs) anyway uh would recommend I'll I'll give legends another chance but that was not uh (laughs) I would say start with the Thrawn trilogy the Thrawn trilogy is like the place to start I, I was like, I'll probably turn the tone. I have the first uh, Rogue Squadrons book and I've heard oh, yeah, good things too. about that. So I'll I'll try other books, but probably not Zero by stars. that author. author <laughs> if he's written any. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I am currently reading uh, a book that just came out called Babel by one of my favorite authors, uh, R.F. Kwong, I think is how you say her name. Um, she wrote one of my favorite fantasy trilogies and fun fact that I didn't know until very recently where I was looking at the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view she wrote a short story in that oh. uh, and I did not know that so I bought that because I was like oh well obviously I want to read that story so that's really cool so she does have a connection to Star Wars nice. <laughs> I'm not sure what story she wrote or what it's about but I'm excited <laughs> but I'm only like 20 pages into that book uh so yeah don't recommend the courtship of Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> the courtship of Princess Leia is not Castle Run Relay approved. Two no. thumbs down for courtship of Princess Leia. Beth, Beth Revis truly saved us with this book. So true. Uh, so that is it for this week. So thank you guys 
one little so, announcement. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, we are having the bestie of the pod, Ethan Sachs, on for an interview. And we have a um, question submission sheet because we're taking questions from listeners. We have a question submission sheet that we will be bumping on our Twitter um, all throughout this week. Um, The deadline is Saturday the 3rd, so you still have some time to come up with questions. Um, Again, we'll be bumping it uh, just so everyone knows and no one forgets, like I kind of did. (laughs) Um, But yes, we are very excited to have Ethan finally on the podcast. Um, And we we're just excited I, i'm excited to to talk shop with him you know but yeah that's that's the the final little plug for today he he's still our enemy though don't get it twisted <laughs> yes so make sure to submit questions for that uh you can also if you have any just like questions for us about anything star wars you could ask them on our twitter or through our email which will both be in the description Uh, Besides that, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. May the force be with you.